It's been a long day. You glance at the clock as the big hand strikes 10.59pm. You stop to pour yourself a drink. No holding back. Only the strong stuff tonight. The crackling fire illuminates the room in a very comfortable looking sofa. You take a closer glance. And... What? What? What's that? You see three men in bathrobes and slippers. What are you doing here? Alright. Just, uh, here for the pod and that? Yeah, you know, the, the one you listen to after, like, that stressful day you've been having. Yeah, the, the one with the, the three idiots talking about, you know, what they've watched, what they're, what they're going to watch, probably some other stuff too. Am I, am I supposed to say something here, am I? Or? Oh, for fucks. You take a seat, put your feet up, and listen to your favourite podcast. Welcome to 60 Minutes to Midnight. Hello, and welcome to 60 Minutes to Midnight, the show where the three minute men gather to chat normally, or as normally as possible, about, uh, you know, stuff we've been seeing, stuff we've been watching, stuff we want to recommend, what we're looking forward to seeing, um, and life in general, really. Um, Stuff we've been doing. Yeah, I mean, and life in general has got pretty hectic uh, recently, um, which we'll get into in a minute, you know, sort that stuff out soon. But first of all, I want to say hi to the other two Minute Men. Um, First of all, John. Hello, welcome, welcome to the relaxing podcast. Mm. Um, relaxing, where you're going to lend your lovely voice and uh, recommendations <coughs> for our audience. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah. Um, how, are, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm sort of dreading this uh, this whiskey. I've got to be honest, because obviously it's time. Is it? It's nine forty a.m. Yeah, um, in the morning. So yeah. I typically don't start drinking until about five past ten. So, you know, yeah, this that's is fair. too early. Um but it uh, makes for yeah. a makes for a lovely sound effect, doesn't it? Um so now oh, I'm, lovely. I'm yeah. uh, I've got I've got a whiskey that's been sitting here for a long time, actually. And I've saved it and saved it for this this pod. Yeah, maturing. I don't know if whiskey matures over a series of weeks. I don't know if you it's go been to sitting there listening to Lincoln Park in its own bedroom and <laughs> crying over its ex girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Um, very mature. I don't know if you go to a distillery and they go, oh, yeah, it's a very expensive bottle of whiskey. It's been maturing for 40 days. Oh, fucking hell. A load of rubbish that mm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have to say, I mean, let's just get straight on to it. You know, congratulations. And I'm sure I speak for uh, our two listeners, um, one, yeah. one of them probably being Emma. Uh, you know, well done, <laughs> yeah. gents. You know, you She ba- doesn't even listen. Yeah, she doesn't even listen. Yeah, thanks. Um, you're both dads now. Uh, you've joined the club. Yeah. Um, you both look abysmal. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, at least in a year and a half or 20 months, whatever it is, you'll look as good as this. Because um, well, quite frankly, yeah. this is the face yeah. of a man that has mastered being a father. Parenting. Um, mm. do, do you know who you look like, Gaz? Um, you've gone yeah, from go looking like... Um, uh, who was that serial killer that you you look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't don't. Worry oh, the Yorkshire Ripper. The Yorkshire Ripper. So you, yeah, you've gone from that to looking like um, badly drawn boy. 
Remember oh, him? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Little the thing about fella. Badly Drawn Boy was that that, that name was ironic because he's very well drawn because he looks so good. So thanks, mate. I thought I saw... Oh, Matt, of, maybe I I'm thinking kind of someone of... else then. <laughs> I thought I was vibing the... Uh... <laughs> Like Squiggle one of, boy, one of the the burglars in Home Alone. To be honest, that's that was sort of the well, look I was going for. Sticky bandits, well, <laughs> wet bandits, the wet bandits, the wet yeah. bandits, the yeah. sticky wet bandits. Yeah, uh, they're remaking sticky that. Maybe. Sticky wet bandits. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, because of uh, milk, nappies, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, right. Sticky nappies. Jesus, oh, god. that's grim. Um. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Early days, it's our lives it? now. But yeah, so look, well done, well done, gents. Um. Thanks, man. And Thanks. Uh, remind me afterwards. I'll, I'll I'll send you something. I shouldn't say that on air, really. Um, but I forgot to say. Yeah. It well, no, no, you've let, committed. You, no, you've no committed let everyone know. It's recorded. Let let everyone know that you're a lovely person. No, because it's things. yeah, because it's like just, it's like when you walk past a homeless person. And it's like, well, I'll give you a fiver, but yeah. only if it's on TikTok. I look homeless. Um, <laughs> yeah, you look terrible. It's been a long day today um, and we're still in lockdown. Um, you know, what originally started as a three-day lockdown has now extended into, I think, nine weeks. I've um, lost track. I've, the, I've actually totally lost track. I don't know how long. The end <laughs> is in sight. Uh, next Friday, we are released into the wild. Um, we've been Len, rehabilitated. you look like you've been living in the wild, mate. Like You genuinely <laughs> look like someone that, if they went, this was Len... 20 days after we found him in the outback that is yeah. what i suspect you look like <laughs> i am honestly my hair's long i've got a long beard I, I i feel like a different person at the moment and i also feel just knackered but i'm here hosting this i'm back i said to myself hey paternity leave is supposed to be two weeks i'm back in the podcast game all right so and so is gaz i dragged him along he he's a he's a barrel full of fun so i thought i'd get him along <laughs> And um, yeah, so I'm having a run. Uh, I had a little, I had a little boy called Alfie, and Gaz had a, has a girl called Willow, and together they are best pals already. Yep. So that's great news. Mm. Um, so the listeners do care about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah I they're mean, mates. We've we've made they they are they love each other. Alfie and Willow, they are they can't mm. get enough of each other. They did meet and spent like an hour and a half in each other's company. And neither of them opened their eyes for the entire period. Yeah, <laughs> classic. So, um, Much like me during this podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm just eyes closed, just going through the motions. No, of course not. Um, let's, let's, you know, traditions here are very important with the Minutemen. Um, and, you know, we've decided when we started this podcast, carrying on the legacy uh, of the Watchmen podcast and the Three Minutemen, um, that we're going to take it to the next level. And John's been letting the side down. You know, because mm. he hasn't been drinking the whiskeys because, you know, X, Y, Z and it's, it's time. But he's doing really well today. I just want to <laughs> go around and, and get everyone's whiskeys because we all do have um, a new whiskey. Um, John, coming to you first. What's your whiskey, mate? Yeah. So I've not even opened it yet. Um, and I've just noticed it's got one of those annoying... St- oh, this is going to take me a while to wait for. <laughs> oh, for, for fuck's sake. sake. No, honestly um oh, the pressure pressure now, just describe honestly, it to us so much pressure just, to get this open quickly because yeah. obviously 60 minutes mm-hmm. in that yeah um so it's uh so it's caden heads authentic collection it's cask yeah. strength so the last time i had a cask strength whiskey i felt abysmal the next day so this is going to be fun uh-huh. Uh-huh. uh single malt scotch whiskey distilled at glen spay glen distillery age 17 oh, years nice. Mm. And it's a uh, fifty-four Ooh. and a half uh, percent alcohol. 
um, bottled in the Ouch. summer of 2019. So remember what you're up to then. That was the summer before COVID. Matured. So there you go. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely I, matured then. Uh, lovely color, actually. Like it's um, it looks like it's not going to be too brutal. It's not like orange, as you can see here. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like a bottle of wine, really. No, that can be mm. misleading, mate. Don't. Well, that, don't well that's what right. looks. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, it looks like urine in a jar. Um, but that is good. You, so urine grey joy. You know, take. Yeah. Oh. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, um, John, you gave us a lot a, of information about that whiskey. Um, thank you. Have you got? A, do you want to give us like the barcode number as trying well? Trying to or? rip it open. <laughs> um, he's yes. He's going out with his teeth now, everyone. Oh, there you go. Mm. Jesus, Nashers, get your Nashers on it, son. Dennis the Menace. Sorry, I've lost there the plot. Go. Right, anyway, so I'll uh, just. What does it taste like? What does it taste like? Tastes like piss out of no, a jar. I mean, I've, lo- I mean, I've loaded yeah. up on ice here to sort of save myself. <laughs> yeah, too much. Yeah, too much ice. That is. Mm. Oh God. Do you, want, do you want some whiskey with your ice? <laughs> the... Yeah, say that to the people that died oh. in the Titanic. Yeah. All right. So True. Then... Yeah, it's not not very icy. Sure. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. I'll give it give it a little. I was uh, thinking about James Cameron today. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> Gareth, what's your what's your whiskey, Gareth? Or John's just you know sampling well, his. I mean, do we uh, should we get some t- tasting notes or? No, no, no. Do you know what? I'll tell you what. It's got like so that the so it smells like cinnamon, apple. Mm. Ooh, Christmas. Some. Uh, there's a hint of um, lemongrass, actually. Um, and a twinge of sadness, or in terms of just, uh, uh... Well, that's just me. In terms of the the taste, <laughs> quite nutty. Taste some peanuts in mm-hmm. there, um, and a little bit of white wine. Now, I'm not Ooh, lovely. a connoisseur of whiskey. I've just read that off the back of the bottle, but I did say <laughs> beforehand yeah. that it does. It's got the colour of white wine. So there you go. Spot on there. There That's you go. That's true. You know that. did. It's quite nice. I thought you said yeah, you weren't a nice. connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, drinking, I'm drinking a local whiskey. Melbourne's, Melbourne's own um, Starward whiskey, which is, um, mm. it's been getting, getting rave reviews. Australian whiskey is, is very good. Most of it's, um, right. Hold on, most guys. Of it's from Tasmania. Yeah, go Bring- on. Bring that whiskey logo up to the camera, because obviously Star Wars. That, I mean, that is quite yeah. close to the Star Wars font. It is, yeah. That is mental. Why have they not been sued sort with that? Oh, yeah. come on! Well, look if you that's not very good. The so they got away with it. Uh, what? Because they remove that, they can't get sued. Unbelievable. Yeah, correct. That's the rule. Um, but it's it's a it's it's a really good distillery. It's it's um. <laughs> very popular i uh, the 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 overwhelming flavor in it i would say is the vanilla it's um it's quite a sweet whiskey um Ooh, vanilla like fruity yeah it might be up your your alley j mac next time you're here i'll get you a bottle and then mm. show you the bottle the and future. pour you a shot and then take the bottle back for myself okay good i can have the bottle <laughs> <laughs> once we're all finished with it <laughs> 
I am drinking a whiskey that Gareth got me as a as a well done present <laughs> for um, birthing a child. Not that I birthed the child. That is um, mental. Um, he just got it for me. So can we just say, say well done? Um, you know, yeah. we, normally we don't shout them out on this podcast. Um, but obviously, but yeah. Megan and Mel, you know, they're the real heroes here. You know, they, you know, to be honest, and and I know you're not going to talk about it much, and you shouldn't because it's mm. a bit long winded, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Um, but honestly, my women during pregnancy, just fucking heroic, isn't it? It's just mental. I, yeah. It, I tell you what. It was very eye-opening. Uh, I, I've, I've never, I, it's just, I can't get over it. I cannot get over it. Since that, since that moment, I'm just like, women are clearly just far stronger than, than, mm. than men in yeah. every way. Mm. They're incredible. Uh, it's, mm. it's the Not duration the that surprised me. <laughs> Yeah, all the tennis. <laughs> that is, it is, it is crazy. It is, it is absolutely crazy. And uh, congratulations um, to all women, really. But Gareth got me a um, <laughs> Gareth got me a whiskey to celebrate my uh, huge participation in this event, um, which was just you know. Well, uh, I mean, it was just to say congrats, you know, really, wasn't it? I congrats, yeah. I wasn't saying yeah. well it's, done. It's the you, specifically. It's the uh, well, yeah. It's the Lagavulin. Uh, Single malt Scotch whiskey, eight years old. It's one of my favourite uh, distilleries, Lagavulin. So it's uh, a very smoky sort of whiskey. I love a peated whiskey, um, and you can really—it just—it's just a lovely drop, easy to drink. I get a couple of cubes of ice in there, delicious. Um, so that's the whiskies, and uh, we will be drinking those for the podcast. Um... And if our speech begins to slur, that's just because we're having fun, okay? And I've had two hours sleep, so and that, and that. Um, I actually have, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but now it's official. So there's a, um, a whiskey bar, um, that's Ooh, opening oh yeah. up. That sounds strange. Uh, across, oh, across the road. So Jesus, I'm going to go in dangerous. there and I'm going to tell them about the podcast and see if I can get some free whiskey, even if it's like the tiny bottles and then I'll shout them out. 100%. But oh yeah. Ship it. Until Ship it we've agreed that yeah. I'm not going to shout their name yeah. out just in case. Okay, that's good, Sensible. good, good. Hold them to ransom. Ever the businessman. Hello there, I'm a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the moment in the podcast where we talk about what we've been watching. And I will say this uh, with extreme confidence. I saved up about six or seven TV shows specifically for my uh, paternity leave, which has been about a month, um, to because I knew I I had loads of stuff, loads of time just sitting there holding a baby. I was like, I need to watch stuff. So we've got through so many TV shows and I have some great recommendations for you today. But I thought the thing that we should talk about first, because if we didn't, you know, it would look a bit silly uh, Mm. because we're all kind of into this genre of show, even though it's kind of original, but I know definitely me and Gaz are 100% into some, um, you know, Korean drama. Mm. Um, you know, and that is we're going to talk about Squid Game, everybody, first up off the bat, because it is a global phenomenon. It is officially Netflix's most successful show ever, taking over that fucking shit that I never watched, Bridgerton. Who gives a fuck about that, really? Um, you know, so Squid Game, um, I've seen the whole thing. And now, uh, boys, where, where are you up to? Where are you up to? Because I want to, you know... Don't want to do too many spoilers, okay? Well, don't do any spoilers what, because where are you, up to? you know the listeners might not yeah. have watched any of it, so no spoilers. Well, true, yeah. So go on, guys. A couple of squids walk into a bar. Mm. I'm, I'm, yeah. 
I'm. Uh, Could I get an ink? I've got two please? episodes left. Yeah, that's what oh, they say, won't they? Yeah. yeah. No, Hot we don't. Why really? the long face? <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a slime ball. <laughs> yeah, he's a slime ball. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> um, uh, just trying to think of something with tentacles. And he's he's with his yeah. he's with his Chinese mate who looked really sad. And the barman went, "Why the crushed Asian?" <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was in like crustacean, yeah. isn't it? Seeing that, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why the yeah. crushed Asian? Yeah. I thought it was good. To one. be honest, I've made that joke up in ten seconds. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's very good. What I will say to you, John, is a squid is not a crustacean. No, I yeah, know, but so, they would hang right. around with. Yeah, yeah, they would. No, they, they would. They would know no, they each other. They would. They'd eat them if anything. They'd be neighbours for sure. Yeah, it's that's, not like he's going. Why the crushed elephant? You're like, well, they don't even know yeah. each other. Yeah, but they would. <laughs> they would certainly be in the same estate at least. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Gaz has got two more episodes to watch. Two's John, mm. uh, how many you got to go? <clears throat> fi- final it? episode tonight. Wow. Huh. Schedule it in your diaries, everyone. John John will be posting his thoughts to Twitter. Um, so Squid Game, South Korean drama uh, and like Korean culture, South Korean culture has massively over the last, I don't know, five years um, been ex- essentially South Korea's biggest export is their K-pop um, uh, and and also their, their television industry and film industry is growing exponentially yeah. at the I mean, moment. Try I mean, Samsung you know, Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> Parasite. Let's let's just say Parasite was one of our favourite films of the last few years. Mm. Um fantastic, fantastic film. Um and this, you know, films like Train to Busan, which we've reviewed as well on on, on this show. Um and this this for me caught me by surprise because I wasn't expecting it to be as polished um as emotional as visceral as it was now i will say we've had this discussion off air how have people been watching this show and if you've been watching it with the dub uh and not the subtitles i feel very worried for you that you haven't maybe stuck around for this show because it's terrible isn't it well but, but, but hold on hold on some people you know they have to they, you know, they can't do subtitles for one reason or another. That's fine. Okay, that's fair. Um, so, all right, look, yeah, c- fine. Confession time. I, 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 I really have no problem with subtitles. Generally speaking, I'll happily watch a film with subtitles. Since I've been watching this, I, I'm watching it when I'm on baby duty. Um, this might not be the best, like first television like formative experience for little baby willow um mm. but i'm hoping that this is before any synapses have connected or anything um so none of this will be going into her subconscious hopefully but looking after a baby and watching a tv show with subtitles is difficult and i tried mm. doing it with subtitles for the first episode and i was just missing too much because i've got a baby to look at as well um so i had to do the dub and the acting is patchy at best. Um, at times, it's abysmal. There is one character mm. in particular that I mentioned oh, God. to both of you the other day off air, who is terrible. She is awful. But um, now I, I, would, I, I would say I, though, Gaz, I think she's terrible anyway. 
Um, Correct. Like it's okay stylistically. I get it. Like it, it, there's maybe in all Asian cinema, um, you will get certain characters that feel like, certainly when you're watching something that's subtitled, you'll look at it and you'd be like, "This is so over the top by this person." Um, and this person in particular is so over the top, like painfully so, painfully so. All right, so we're blaming her rather than the voice actor. Well, potentially, it's like I, I would feel sorry having to do the voice acting for that character, is, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And and for anyone who has been living under a rock and hasn't uh, heard of Squid Game, essentially, just to summarise for you, it is a... Crustaceans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a, um, a Battle Royale-esque scenario. So loads of people. And it's basically one person will win. There's a big prize pot at the end, but they don't realize when as when they get into it that, it, you know, there's games, you lose them, you die. Um, so it's it's literally survival. There can only be one Highlander style, um, which is which is a fascinating concept. You think it sounds quite simple like that, but there's actually quite a lot of layers to it, a lot of complexity to the characters. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of free will involved in the the show like it's not a you're not forced to do it it's very interesting in that respect i think and it, it, it asks a lot about like human nature and what people will do when they're at their lowest mm. um so it, it there's a lot of interesting things in there and, and as i said the characters are actually very good i know we just had a go at that certain character but i actually think the lead is fantastic i think um the ensemble is pretty good um and it makes you care about the characters in a short span, you know, when they're going through these sort of ridiculous scenarios that are life and death. And um, it's, it's it's a tragic show. And I, I actually think, like, I think it's very good. Like, if we were to blueberry it, I would blueberry it at four. I don't think it's I don't think it's a masterpiece, but I think it's very very good. Um, and I I implore anyone to watch it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you two think about the ending. Because I, I won't say anything, I but think it's interesting. I know what's going to happen. Um, okay. Without, you know, saying anything about Psychic. how and why. Uh, and I, I, I've been, I, I said this to Michelle after, I think, episode three. Uh, now she's on board. She's shipping the McTheory. Is, uh, but nothing's doing about that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my name's McCann. The squid, um, yeah, squid. Theory. I'd be McDonald's amazed. McCann. I I would be amazed if it doesn't pan out to what I think it's going to be. I'm more interested in the why. So it's um, so if it turns out that what is going to happen happens, and I've guessed it, I don't mind because I'm still mm. intrigued as to why it would have gone that way. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I, do you know what? I'd, I, I, Len, I'd give it five bloobs. I I, I am mm. wow. I am, I'm all in. I I would. That's great. It's a bit like, it's kind of like Stranger Things. How I was kind of like buzzing that something came along that piqued my interest that I wasn't expecting for me to give a shit about. Genuinely, I could have watched the whole thing, like nine episodes back to back. Shell can't do more than one episode a day because it's that intense. And she's like, I can't. I just yeah. can't do it. 
which is particularly frustrating after one of the episodes with the way in which it ends. I was like, right, so oh, I yeah, now yeah, have yeah, to yeah. wait another day to see how this ends. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for those who have watched, three steps forward. Like, imagine yeah. you have to wait another yeah, day yeah, to yeah. watch that. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> fuming. That that yeah. I I would say that I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold judgment in terms of blueberries until till I've seen the last two episodes. At the moment, I love it. it uh, I am a little bit wary of of where the narrative is going. But for me, the, the highlights of it are things like the setting and the atmosphere. So, you know, the, 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 the locations in which these games are happening are these like bizarre kind of childhood memory locations. Yeah. And, you know, like an... Uh, this this giant room with oversized slides and playground things like like a little kid would see a playground um and these like escher-esque staircases and liminal spaces that people just sort of move between that are bizarrely colored and the setting is amazing and that on its own is like just makes me want to want to watch more of it yeah um yeah but i i just want to withhold judgment on the on the story before i determine yeah whether it's a five i i would definitely say that you both are spot on i, I agree with both of those things peaking interest is 100 percent something that is very hard to do these days because there is not anything that feels original and although this is an iteration of previous things like a hunger games or battle royale or um Takeshi's Castle, the game show, in you know, um, it's uh, it's a hundred percent original in in its delivery, in its sort of the way it's telling the story, um, and it definitely piqued my interest. Like just originality, I was like, okay, this is something I haven't seen before, and it is hard for that to happen these days. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Um, uh, highly recommended by us, obviously globally highly recommended and you don't want to be missing out on that. You know, there aren't many shows anymore that are water cooler, you know, <laughs> chat, you know, we used to, you know, at work, you'll meet up and you talk about something, you know, this is definitely a show which the whole world is talking about and if you want to have some you know fun conversations with people about it definitely definitely check just it out. for a, a little bit of um <laughs> a little bit of additional info on that as you as you know i'm a teacher um we had a little we had a little term break a couple of weeks ago first lesson back yeah. with my my year eight class so that these kids are 13 14 so uh, what, what have you been up to on the holidays honestly about 16 of the 25 of them said watching Squid Game. There you go. They should not be watching Squid Game. So, no, they shouldn't. But, uh, you know, it's life lessons. Life lessons. Yeah. They're learning things from it. Mm. You know they're going to start their own Squid Game in the playground. At school. 100%. Yeah. Jesus. Um, all right, I'm going to throw it over to one of you lads. Talk to me. Give me something. John, what have you been watching um, other than Squid Game? Okay, so I... Uh, obviously, and anyone here um, that knows me knows I like Sopranos for me is like the best TV show ever. Yeah, will never be beat. Yeah, um, I think it's just well. it's. I think it's perfect. It's kind of like, I mean, look, I, I I grew up on the kind of De Niro and Pesci and Pacino kind of uh, gangster esque 
films. So that kind of mm-hmm. that medium I always loved, and I loved it even more when The Sopranos took it and turned it into like okay, The Sopranos is a mafia drama, but really it's not. It's 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 about the American family that just so happens to be a mafia drama, which is the the genius of it. So we're, so when they announced that they were going to do a, a prequel to The Sopranos in in what is now released as the the Many Saints of Newark, I was, I mean, I was pretty skeptical because I'm like, well, I mean, mm-hmm. J- James Gandolfini is like a giant of the show. Like, how how do you make a prequel that's interesting enough without any of the characters that you know? Um. Uh, and obviously it came out and James Gandolfini's son um, yep. plays the younger version of, of Tony Soprano, um, uh, which I thought I think was a little bit misleading because a, a lot of the marketing of The Many Saints of Newark has been about that fact. But in actuality, mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with him. Like He's, he's a side character. The, the story is about Christopher Moltisanti's dad um who was like a father to tony soprano the younger tony soprano yeah um yep so i I was very excited to watch it like i didn't expect it to be that good like i mean david chase was attached to it so you're at least like it's not like just some random director doing it and hbo have just cashed in um but i watched it and actually the tone of it um it's very like uh it kind of felt a little bit like um kind of like a lovecraft country sort of vibe in that it's you're obviously talking about i think it's set in like the 60s and 70s um which is obviously a little bit later than um than lovecraft but i guess in terms of the way in which the scenes are shot um yeah it had that sort of vibe um the problem that it has it's a two-hour film. The strength of The Sopranos is character building over a number of seasons, and you're talking like uh, the the characters are so complex. You can go to like just despising them, and then actually like being quite like looking at them, going, "Okay, I mean they, they've got their faults, but you know it's like my uncle. You know he's a bit of a wrong one, but I like him because he's he's my uncle, <laughs> isn't he?" <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lannister. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, exactly that. That's exactly that. So, um, like, imagine he's trying not your to... uncle. Just yeah. Well, who knows? Kinnell, that family. <laughs> he's me dad and me uncle. <laughs> so, um... and me brother. Yeah, and me son. What? Does that even make any sense? Um, <laughs> but uh, imagine trying to do Jamie Lannister's arc in two hours. <laughs> it just honestly, you'd still be yeah. like, was that his sister at the beginning? So um yeah honestly it's like it's so and his mum yeah it's difficult it's very difficult and and that's the problem with the many saints of newark is is that it's um there are certain characters in there that are the younger versions of uh the leading characters in the show and I kind of unfortunately there are some characters I look at them and I'm like that is a bad impression of that character um so like Silvio, like I, I when I watched it, I was mm. kind of like, oh, I love Silvio. Yeah, and then I look, I looked at the younger version of him, and I was a bit confused because yeah, after six or seven seasons, whatever it was of The Sopranos, 
I looked at Silvio and always imagined that him and Tony sort of grew up together, which is not, I mean, in, in this Many Saints of Newark, it's like there's a 10-year, it seems like there's a 10-year age difference between them um, and they have no relationship whatsoever. And it's kind of like, mm, this isn't how I imagined it. I was going to say, that for me is kind of the problem. Like I, I still, I'm a massive Sopranos fan. To, you know, I'm in the same ballpark as you as it is one of the greatest shows of all time. It's not my favourite show of all time, but it's like in my top three easily. Yeah, um, and it's... It, it's one of those things that HBO have been doing over the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years where they, they, the Sopranos is perfect. Like it doesn't need a prequel. Um, it, although it does interest me, it does, you know, pique my interest, but it, it, they've been doing it with other shows as well. Like that, you know, they, 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 they tried to milk the sex and the city cow even further by making movies. You know, they <laughs> don't talk about her like that. <laughs> sorry um that was sex in the city three wasn't it when they did that yeah the milking um no i i, I do think that, that there's some things that just should be left left alone um and the only thing that i am fascinated to see and, and something that fascinated me about fascinated me when i read about it is the fact that gandalfini's son obviously we tragically lost gandalfini a few years ago and um we what a fantastic actor <laughs> we the well actually oh, he used to be on the podcast. his son yeah, of course. Um, but his son had never watched The Sopranos until he started preparing for this role. Really? So from from a perspective of he's lost his dad and he's got this mammoth task of... He's got a mammoth task. That's a pretty cool present. Recreating his dad's <laughs> mannerisms, the way he was on screen. <laughs> um but can you imagine the trauma of having to do that? Like you've lost your dad, but now you're gonna now you're gonna watch The Sopranos and watch how incredible he was as a character and then try and recreate that. I think that's quite special. It is, yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see that, it, it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, look, I mean, to to be honest, it's um, he kind of plays it how you would always have expected mm-hmm. Tony to be. There's, there's a couple of insights yep. into his character where you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, the teachers love him. Um, he's He's a smart kid. He was always a smart kid. There's a couple of bits in it where it's like, so uh, Uncle June, um, like when, when he gets senile in the later seasons Gosh. of Sopranos and he keeps repeating that Tony didn't have the um, the makings of a varsity athlete and it really fucks Tony off. Um, because, but, but obviously Uncle June is suffering from dementia so he just he starts falling into the habit of repeating things from his younger years. That comes up where they're just having dinner and a young younger Uncle June is like, well, he, he doesn't have the makings of a varsity athlete. So that was quite cool. Um, and actually, uh, I forget the actress's name, um, the uh, the lady that's in the, the Conjuring series as the the wife oh. of the couple. Um, Vagira. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got, Vera? Yeah. Vera, yeah, yeah. So she plays... Yeah, yeah she plays... Um, uh, Livia, Livia Soprano, Tony's mum, and that is a difficult role to take on because the original Livia Soprano, who's oh, yeah. now obviously passed on, she was phenomenal in the series, um, and arguably like the kind of, in fact, no, I won't say because anyone that's not seen it, it might ruin it a little bit. But anyway, um, she's phenomenal in it, and 
the younger version of her, played by Vera. Um, <laughs> she is brilliant. She's really good. Really good. Um, and again, there's some insights there. So it's uh, it's kind of like I'd give it like a three out of five. You know, it's um, it's watchable. You know, you. I mean, it's only two hours, so it's not. If it was a series, and I was giving it three out of five, I'd just be like, I'll skip it. Um, but yeah, as, as a as a as a kind of an homage, it's all right. It's fine. Doesn't do much damage. There's a couple of things that come up that are a bit like confusing to me, but yeah, that's all right. Nice. Thank you, John. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that over the next few days. Yeah. Add it to the I will list. also say sorry, sorry. Um, maybe we'll talk about it in a bit. That's fine. I don't know if either of you have seen the new Bond film. Oh, it's one of those that I actually desperately want to see in the cinema, but because we are essentially uh, locked up, um, we can't see it. Um, and We can go next weekend. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, look, as I am a sucker for a Bond film. I'm not a Bond fanatic <laughs> uh, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I have very fond memories of going like with my dad to see those in the cinema and stuff so i uh i really want to get out there to to watch the next one um and the final one in the daniel well, Craig saga i mean quick synopsis from you john quick uh, quick synopsis of, uh, maybe maybe i'll um because it's a little bit different here everyone has gone bond crazy like like there are people and i, I have a massive issue with it actually um and i'll and i'll i'll bring it up in a sec um gaz why don't you do your 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 recommendation or whatever or whatever you've been watching and then i'll talk about because i think there's a there's a discussion to be had about media social media and spoilers but anyway go on gas one thing that i reckon a lot of a lot of our listeners wouldn't know about us is that the three of us we're we're all we're all pretty big sports fans and we never get to talk about sports on our podcast yeah. um baseball but, hey sports fan hey uh, i love sports <laughs> Hey man! Hey, sports fans! Oh, the Sports World Cup? Yeah, awesome! Man, that team was really sports. We won again. <laughs> Go us! Yeah. Go team! We do love our sports, um, as mm. is evident from that sports banter we just engaged in. Um, <clears throat> but the thing is, the three of us we're we're all we're all big football or soccer fans, and. Unfortunately, the way that the way that football is going these days, it's fuck. It's just it's a depressing world. Um, I mean, my team's very good, but your two teams are terrible. And okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But my team were exceptional at the right stages of my life, like when I was at secondary school and university. Um, And I, I and same with Len. To be fair, John, same for me. I had the glory of. Uh, literal glory but football when it was magical and magical is not magical anymore um so i don't mind anymore you know if we win something now i don't care and anyone who won anything in the last 10 years <laughs> give a shit. doesn't really matter rubbish. Yeah. So rubbish. all right good football good died like three seasons ago anyway we're on. the last bastion we're the last man standing the last ones who are holding up against the evil empire is liverpool and you know we're doing our bit but i digress with with the world of football being becoming corporate and just this this kind of faith, faceless entity that um, hollow shell of a game. Um, Shit. I've found becoming myself... the United Arab Emirates basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's the base football becoming the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, because um, yeah. they own football now. A proxy war between Middle Eastern states. Um, 
I found myself <laughs> searching for romance in sport. And I think one of the places that you get that still is documentaries. Volleyball. And th- oh, no. this. Sorry, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um. <laughs> Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf. No, that's it. No, they, they're definitely romantic. Yeah. The Darts World Championship. Um, yeah. Not on the court. <laughs> um, and Bullseye. It's the, <laughs> sport can be a beautiful thing, but <clears throat> unfortunately, a lot of the time we um, it, 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 it's disappointing and it's upsetting and it's it doesn't mean anything. But but these sports documentaries that I've been getting into tell a slightly different tale, um, and I'm talking specifically about Netflix's. Uh, series untold um mm. which tells some uh, some stories that i mean it's in the name i guess that that are maybe slightly <laughs> less publicized um so the i think there are five that are out at the moment i've seen three of them so uh the first one that i watched was all about this um this ice hockey team uh called the oh god what are they called they're called the trashers um and they're 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 in um they're in like Connecticut or something, and it's just this this guy who got rich by being a gangster. Um, he's kind of referred to throughout as as the real life Tony Soprano. Um, and anyway, he, he becomes rich being a gangster, has a son, and decides to buy his seventeen year old son uh, an ice hockey team um, called the. Uh, um fuck what are they called shit hold on sorry one second where are they based it feels like they would be like the milwaukee trashers or some shit danbury that's what it is danbury in connecticut um so it's the 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 danbury trashers in connecticut and um and yeah he um they he just runs this team he gets a load of like sort of ex-pros or players that nearly made it um in the nhl but didn't quite and um they're all they're all kind of these rogue misfits and they get together and become this kind of just absolute no-nonsense brawler of a team and it's incredible the story is is like hilarious and it's like mighty ducks on crystal meth it's bizarre um that's a great story it's a great story yeah. there's um the other one that i've seen another one that i've seen is uh, malice at the palace which is about the like infamous brawl that happened between um the indiana pacers and um whoever yeah. they were playing the, the 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 fans in the in the stadium all came on the court it was this mass brawl it was is incredible and like loads of the players careers were just ruined from that moment and it kind of it, you hear it from their perspective kind of what had happened in the build-up etc great story um another one about mardi fish and his mental health problems um and you know these are things that a lot of these things aren't particularly well publicized i think like you know mardi fish having a complete mental breakdown um is something that's kind of kind of flew under the radar like he became u.s number one tennis player and then just disappeared for a couple of years i just he was gone it was like what where's he gone 
and you know hearing it from his perspective is is amazing it's a great story um mm. so the the documentaries they're like they're really well made really slick um obviously kind of the level of of insight that you get is fantastic they're like you're hearing it from directly from the horse's mouth but everybody that's involved everybody that hasn't spoken about these things before is speaking really freely about it like even even this guy who was supposedly the inspiration for for tony soprano and you know he's been arrested he served his time so he he's actually kind of being quite open about some of the things that he's done um and it's like fuck you I don't, I'm not sure yeah. you're allowed to say this. Yeah, arrest him like, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it, but it, so it, they're they're great. They're just they're they're really good documentaries. Highly recommended. Um, there's one about Kate Caitlyn Jenner that I haven't seen yet, and another one about um, a female boxer who I don't know. You'd probably know him, J Mac. Uh, pro- probably know her. Um, <laughs> she. Um, uh like i don't know the trailer this is the one that actually caught my eye i've been saving it for a while because it it looks like the most explosive story um i think her her husband was also her promoter and was also abusive and um led to kind of major violence it's um they're just great stories just amazing stories that that i didn't know anything about really his um Mm. his 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 uh something to consider so um along the same lines like uh, i don't know if you've both i'd imagine you've both seen the last dance obviously about the chicago bulls and and it is about the chicago bulls i know it's about michael jordan as well but there is the rest of the team um that's phenomenal uh and uh that like the power of that documentary like there's one episode honestly i was in tears man like and i don't know why um, because I think basketball is an abysmal sport, um, and it's uh, it. And I tell you why I think it's a terrible sport. Um, it removes any importance for like points until like the last twenty seconds of like an hour. So I so I know obviously the Simpsons have done this whole thing about soccer before, where it's like you know. Well, now we find out who the two best nations in the world. Is it Portugal or Mexico or whatever it was? Gonzalez passes to Sanchez. Yeah, passes yeah. to Gonzalez. Yeah. 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 And it's a nil-nil draw or whatever it is. So I get it. But obviously, if you're a football fan, like you love like a 1-0, 2-0, You know, because there's it, it makes that one goal more important. If you watch a game where it's like 7 Oh, well, yeah. But like, it's kind of like when you're playing... The, the video game FIFA, which is terrible, by the way. Um, if you end up in a match where you win like 7-5, it's like, oh, fucking hell, this is rubbish. Because it just makes every goal feel non-important because you know another four or five are coming. And that's the problem I have with basketball, where it's like, uh, what they should add to it is, you know, like if you score from like your own half with your head, like if you bounce the ball off your head and it goes in, that's 20 points. Yeah. I'd love that. Right. Because then it's like, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's mad, that. Yeah. They, are, they are well in front now. This is going to be difficult for the other team to come back. So anyway, so the sport itself I don't find very interesting. Um, that documentary is phenomenal. 
And it really sums up, like, one, how good Michael Jordan was, two, shines a light on those that, during their career, didn't really get the props that they should have because they were, like, they were the other players in Michael Jordan's, like... Scotty Pippen. Journey, the destiny. Yeah. I mean, Pippin's is quite a sad story, but it's quite nice that he, like, managed to cash out at the end. Um... But what I would say is, is it? Uh, do I find the drama of The Last Dance interesting because I'm a sports fan? So I guess, like, how many of these sports documentaries do we buy into as viewers because we are sports fans? Yeah. It's just a I question reckon, to throw out there. That is interesting. I reckon, um, I reckon you don't have to be. I don't think you have to be a sports fan. I would say, uh, you know, I watched The Last Dance with my wife. She absolutely loved it. And her interest in sport is minimal. Um, she, she could, she like, she was in tears as well. I think I know which episode um talking about. She was in tears at that point as well. She, uh, she cries at, at a lot of things on the TV, to be fair. But, well, I'll um, t- t- tell you what got me. I'll tell you what got me. It was a Steve Kerr episode. And to be honest, yeah. Gaz, I would consider you to be the Steve Kerr of this podcast, um, <laughs> which is a massive yeah. compliment, actually. Because what yeah. I love about Steve Kerr is, you know, just a little guy, and it's like no one would really talk about his uh, kind of trials and, and tribulations. You know, growing up, growing up as a kid, and he's, the stuff with his dad is brutal anyway. Um the fact that he fell out with Michael Jordan immediately when he returned, it's like, fuck yeah, imagine falling out with a star player. And then he goes on and obviously becomes a, a massively important, you know, player in that team. Um, and then becomes an amazing coach as well. It's like, and also win shitloads of titles away from the Chicago Bulls. That the idea that Steve Kerr, this little guy, has won more titles, player and coach, than Michael Jordan has. It's like, fucking hell. It's incredible. Mm. I love it. Absolutely love yep. it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the drama, isn't it? It's the drama of... It's it's people and dramas and tribulations that people go through. And the, 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 that's what they say. The beauty or the key to um, a, a well-made documentary is that it will get you watching, it will get you interested in something that you are not interested in. If a documentary is well made, I can, I promise you, if it's, if it's about sewing, you would watch it if it was well made. Um, this is, that's, that's, that's the power of documentary when it's done well. Um, doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be a topic that you're interested in. All right, well, that's enough of that, Fred, um, yeah, anyway. Watch The Untold. Watch, yeah. Oh, good. Right, um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's put a bow on this one. Last thing I want to mention in this section, which is a complete different jump away from sports uh, and is leaning sports. more into our Stephen King Stephen King heritage, uh, <laughs> where we used to cover a lot of Stephen King, King. Um, content, especially <laughs> show a show like Castle Rock, um, which we covered for two seasons. It's only two seasons and we were the, uh, I'd say, number one fan podcast of that show. Um, no, hold on, hold on. In the world, hold on, hold on. So, number one podcast. We were higher than the official the fan podcast. Number one podcast. Yeah, we were. We were above the Hulu official podcast. 
Yeah, let's, you know, I'm not one for, you know, grabbing props, but we were the best. Yeah. And also we had lots of listeners in Bolivia. So, yeah, we can prove it if you want. <laughs> mm, we've used that joke in every podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yes, this show is very Stephen King. So if you are one of our listeners from one of those times, I will say you need to check out Midnight Mass on Netflix as soon as you possibly can. Um, Midnight Mass is by Mick Flanagan, um, who did The Haunting of Hill House, uh, which is one of my favourite horror series of all time. Even though it's not really a horror series, it's more of a family drama, but, you know, it's packaged up like a horror programme. <laughs> and uh, The Haunting of, of Blind Manor, which was, I will say, enjoyable still, but not as good as um, The Haunting of Hill House. This is a triumphant return to form, uh, by I think one of the best horror directors in the world at the moment um, in terms of not necessarily scares, but in terms of using horror in everyday things to, like a you know, really showcase characters. Um, uh, like his use of character development is phenomenal. Midnight Mass basically features around a small island off the coast of uh, North America, I think somewhere around sort of Maine, Rhode Island sort of sort of direction. A very small island, very small community, um, very religious community. And there are some things that start happening on this island uh, that raise <laughs> some supernatural suspicions. <laughs> and the show is essentially heavily religious to the point of you are getting quoted the Bible at every turn. Um, and it's about how religion can be used or manipulated to any person's gain or profit. Um, pardon the pun. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's 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 honestly, if if you're into sort of a Stephen King, I would liken it to some of old school Stephen King, like Salem's Lot, things like that, um, where it's very community driven um, and you definitely it's it's fully supernatural so i want people going into it to know it's supernatural okay so don't don't be fooled but <laughs> is it that we're finding the supernatural stuff in religion or is it you know a supernatural entity and and that is fascinating to me the characters are amazing the main guy who is the priest oh my god he is fantastic like and i know you two haven't watched this show yet i spoke to gaz about it briefly but john i don't know if it's your cup of tea but I would definitely say check it out um, because I Why think... Why would it not be my cup of tea? Because of the religion stuff? Or... Um, no, just because it's... Yeah, you might you might like it. I mean, look, it's very Castle Rock, but I know that that necessarily isn't your bag 110%. Like, it's not something you would pique your interest, is what we're talking oh, about. Be um, careful what you say, because that could whereas... be Bibleus. Yeah. Bibleus? Yeah, good that. Um but yeah, it, yeah, I would say to, to anyone, please go check it out because um, it's a sleeper hit that's on Netflix. It was doing very well. <laughs> Obviously, Squid Game is dominating. Um, but if you love Haunting of Hill House, which I know a lot of our listeners do, check this out. Please do check it out. Midnight Mass, available now on Netflix. So yeah. Um, John, going back to Bond quickly. Just a quick little yeah. Bond. A couple minutes yeah, on what's Bond. What's your issue? Uh, I'll tell you what my issue is. And again, when you say it, I feel like you're saying, do you want a big issue? I'm like, no, mate. Like, I'm just going to pretend I've not got change. I mean, I never, I never do anyway. But even if I did, you're not getting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So 
the big issue is is a thing that they sell that homeless people sell in the UK for anyone that doesn't always good when you have to explain the joke isn't it so Mm. yeah yeah. think about that next time yeah and people in Peru are like so this guy doesn't give money to poor people oh god so anyway um, no there's no pun there Um, so the problem I have with Bond is it's um, I'm going to make a really weird connection here so back to sport sports so so last last weekend there was a fight between two uh heavyweights in tyson fury and deontay wilder what a fight and and, uh when you're a boxing fan like me i'll sit there and i'll watch and me yeah all right and you as well um but i'll i'll sit there and uh, i guess comparatively to like uh, football it's like someone that watches like across all the football leagues in Europe and would watch like the lower leagues and stuff just because they love the game I'm like that with football like uh, fucking hell I'm like that with boxing it's boxing. a bit confusing sport to watch oh he's punched him he's kicked the ball <laughs> in his face so anyway uh, red card he's, he always carded him don't hit him um, so it's a terrible <laughs> boxing match but anyway um, great football game though the problem I have with that fight is you get a lot of casual fans, like people that don't yes. watch boxing religiously or or even understand the technical stuff about boxing that will just sit there and go, "Oh yeah, brilliant. That was yeah, that was the best. That was the best fight ever, wasn't it?" And I'm sitting there going, "No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't." Like you, you can't well, tell me why then. Well, I'll tell you why. Like you can't watch a fight where you've got two heavyweights where one of them is gassed, he's exhausted after three rounds yeah, of a twelve round fight. fight. <laughs> yeah. Um also too much hugging, too the much. Technique had gone out the window. Yeah, just a slugfest. Yeah, the technique had gone out so the window. So it's kind of like if you've got you know, if you've got two people that have been having a bit of a row at the bar in the pub. Yeah, do you know what? People are oh, this is and interesting. Yeah, yeah, out on the cobbles. Here we go, this is good. Um, probably your uncle, to be honest, your uncle you love, but he is a pisshead and he starts fights in the pub and ruins, you know, your cousin's birthday. That <laughs> fight was technically not one of the best fights ever, but with the casual fan, everyone would come out and go, oh, brilliant, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It was so much better than Joshua's fight and blah, 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 and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Depends. So it depends. I'll tell my uncle Mike Tyson <laughs> that John says his fight wasn't any good. So. Yeah, your uncle Mike Tyson mm. that was named after Mike Tyson. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah uh, he's an accountant. Actually, yeah, <laughs> and we sagging off accountants. But anyway, because um, you know I work with them. But anyway, um, I would say the problem with Bond is. It's because it's a big popcorn film. You get a lot of people, and no spoilers here. It's a three-hour film. The main talking points of this film are the last twenty minutes. Now it's like basketball. It's like a game of basketball. Well, yeah. Well, see, honestly, it's the circle of life. Um, yeah. So the problem I have is I'll sit there and I'll critique the whole thing, and it's kind of like even bringing it back to Squid Game, where Gaz won't give it a score until the end of Squid Game. Whereas for me, I'm like, Do you know what? Doesn't matter how it ends. The journey was brilliant. Mm. A bit like Lord yeah. of the Rings. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yep. But okay, so this bond, without revealing anything about it, I would place it uh, as right in the middle. So it's better than Quantum of Solace because, you know, I've had cheese sandwiches that were better than that film. That was a disaster. Um, And Spectre was shit as well. Other than, you know, the beginning, which was pretty cool. The Day of the Dead, visually pretty good. But other than that, terrible. Um, So it's better than those two. It's a mile behind Skyfall and Casino Royale. But... There are a lot of mm. people that are like, oh, brilliant, yeah, because this is, because no, but those last 20 minutes, you know, think about, yeah, it's just lazy people. It's it, like, it's it's the end, it's the twist. It's the twist. You know, it's like, not a lot of people, and look, I'm not having a go at the sixth sense, but if anyone ever talks about that, Shyamalan. they just talk about the end. You know, it's quite a good film. Yeah. And it's, a, yeah, mm. and, um, but is it though? Because the twist dominates the film, I'll give you an example. I had this. I had um, uh, the ending of of uh, this Bond film ruined three times before I saw it. And this is the problem I have with social media: is I don't mind if you enjoyed something, but don't ruin it for everyone else. Honestly, like, like it's kind of like you know, the whole Vader thing. Like, if you went to see The Empire Strikes Back knowing that... And again, there's some spoilers here. If you've not seen The Empire Strikes Back, there's going to be some major spoilers here. You know, if you went to that knowing that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad, like, I don't know if it would hit as much. You'd be a bit like, okay. (laughs) But at at least the rest of the film is quite good. This film is not... I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Rami Malek Rami Malek his character is abysmal like they must have wrote it it must have gone it doesn't even matter he doesn't matter like just just pull just some random character from you know the living daylights or whatever just that'll do fuck it and just have someone else play him Um, lazy so lazy Um, go on I was going to say, I, I I have actually not been spoiled anything about this film other than the fact that Malek's performance is maybe not even his fault, but just essentially underwritten character. But um, from my perspective, like Daniel Craig is the best Bond that I have seen. I've watched all the Bond films. I, I think his Bond is the most varied in range. I think it has the most like development. Um, I love the brutality that he brings to it. So I don't really care what the story is in this film i've heard daniel craig's phenomenal in it um and he give he gives a good performance um so as long as he goes out in a way that i feel satisfied with mm. i will be happy three hours is that is all i care it? about three hours is i like a three hour film too long i i don't i i've got nothing i've got nothing wrong with a three hour film if it justifies it but i digress we ha- we have to move on boys we have to move on But yes, thank you for the recommendations, boys. Now, look, we were going to have a section talking about how we're looking forward to seeing Returnals, and I, the Eternals, bloody hell, Returnals, Returnals, the whiskey, the whiskey's taken That's hold of me. Eter- the Eternals, the Eternals. Um, I watched that Returnals the other day. I don't know what was going on. I actually know. <laughs> I watched idea, that but... Returnals. It was so good. 
Um, we were going to have a section talking about that. And look, I will say that is definitely a film that will be a standalone review um, because it is essentially going to shake up the Marvel Universe wow. in a way this, okay. uh, that we've not seen right. before. So, th- so this links back to Bond, right? And I know everything's and got basketball. a link. And basketball. Um, and Squid Game. And Squid Game. So the problem I have with the Eternals, and I sat there and I walked in and it was the trailer that was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fucking yep. bored of Marvel. And on it, yeah. I, I'm yep. sick of yeah. it. I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. And it's. I, uh, called I, the, I told you this two years no, ago. No, you are. We were getting marvelled out. Yeah. No, you are right. Um, it's. Uh, and I said this to you know me and Shell. Uh, we watched the film and it was like we're not going to talk about Bond because it was bland. James Bland. Um, but <laughs> honestly, <laughs> the, uh, honestly, like the the ending to the Eternals trailer. I don't know if you've seen it where. Um. Uh, oh, fucking hell! Fucking Ned Stark's son. What's his name? Richard Madden. Richard Rob Madden. Stark. Yeah, Rob. Yeah. Okay. So Rob yeah. Stark. So he's he. Rob Stark's in this, and he smashes this table, and he's like, "Oh, this table's probably made of vibranium." Oh, why are you saying that? Like, yeah. can you j- just have some <laughs> dinner at someone's house? So anyway, so he smashes this table, yeah. and the guy's like, um, "Oh, actually, it's an IKEA table." <laughs> lol, 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 ruffle. <laughs> Fuck mm. off. Like, honest, can we stop making these films? Like, honestly. Yeah, it's it's time. Yeah, it's it too time. much. Um, I, I, uh, all I'll say is, um, I, I actually have decent hopes for this film. And also, I think Shang-Chi, <laughs> uh, did a uh, DC hopes. Did, yeah. Um, I think it did a fantastic job of sort of, showing us something different within the Marvel universe. And I think, and I, and I said this last time, every time I say I'm bored of it, something comes along that Marvel do, which piques my interest. Like what if is absolutely fantastic. If people see, I recommended it on the last one. If you haven't seen it, it's twilight zone does the Avengers um, universe. It's fucking brilliant. And, and John, if you've watched what if, and you think, you know, that hasn't piqued your interest, I'd be surprised. Cause I think that is a good show. So, yes, we can't, unfortunately, spend more time on uh, The Eternals. However, we will have a standalone review, so watch out for that, even if the boys aren't that excited about it. Maybe the film will sway their opinions. Now, quickly, we'll do a quick, uh, because we're already, you know, 10 minutes past midnight here, we'll do a quick uh, overrated, underrated. Mm. Hey, have you seen Ghostbusters 2? Do you think it's underrated? Hey, have you seen uh, Ghostbusters 2? Do you think it's overrated? That's the segment here for you now. It's underrated, overrated, yeah. Okay, um, this week I'm coming to the table with uh, my underrated, overrated. Um, and John, funnily enough, talking about the circle of life, you actually mentioned... Basketball. Um, some, something that I think is very overrated, basketball. <laughs> no, um, no, but you genuinely did mention this in the podcast which baffled me because I I would never have assumed in a million years that this would come up. Um, you mentioned The Conjuring, which <laughs> I was like sitting there wow. today because I was thinking about horror films that are overrated. And I was like, oh, my God, The Conjuring series is a pile of absolute trash, pile of shit <laughs> trash. And um, you go ahead and mention it in this fucking podcast. What a weird situation. You, I've never heard you say the words the or conjuring ever before. I don't know. Well, you've been here for cocktails and stuff. I'm just going to about to conjure some wonder drinks. <laughs> conjure, yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, but boys, I just want your opinion on the Conjuring because I think it's uh, <clears throat> my pass. Uh, what do I call it? Uh, mass public horror, yeah. uh, but a really shit one. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Um, yeah, it is. I remembered her name. It's not even scary. It's not scary. It's not scary. Sorry. Um, her name is Vera Farmiga. Vera. Okay, Farmiga. there you go. Yeah. Vera. She's 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 appearing good. a lot today. And also her husband. What's yeah. his name? Night Owl. He's all right as well. Oh, he's in loads of stuff. I would say, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, Night Owl. I'd Night say that, Owl, yeah. I'd say that those two are not bad actors and they don't, they're not bad in these films. Um, they are shit films. Do you reckon? Right. They're not scary. They yeah. are lowest. Conjuring 2. Conjuring 2 is one of the least scary films I've ever seen in my life. Um, at, it's quite funny though. <laughs> it is funny, but, um, but I don't think it's meant to be funny, yeah, which it, worry, you know, I, concerns me. The, the, the lowest common denominator horror, jump scares. Um, and it's and it's not like the Velocipaster. <laughs> We're not getting you know glorious moments. What? Out of it. It's this is absolute trash. Um, so that's my that's my overrated. Um, my underrated well, is a on, film on, that on, I, on. I think is criminally. I like The Conjuring. Like, I mean, it's it's a it's no, but it's a difficult genre, oh, isn't it? Like, horror is just a bit <laughs> shit, isn't it? No, no, it, it is. No, it's not. Horror, horror has horror is amazing. What, I'll tell you what. Next, what's next your favorite time, horror film? Next time. Very, Once, very quickly, please. what's your favourite horror film? Next time on 60 Minutes. Go on. Gen- genuinely, um, either Alien or um, I would say Blair Witch Project. And there's two reasons for that those. That is a terrible film. Uh, but anyway, go on, Blair carry Witch on, Gaz. Film. No, no, no Blair Witch Project film. is a terrible film. Right, anyway, go on, Gaz. Brilliant film. <laughs> terrible Maybe film. The Shining. Okay, well, that, that yeah, is I mean, very, that's way better than psychological. <laughs> yeah, not better than Alien, though. Yeah. Um, but what I will what I will say is uh, horror. John, you come into mine and Gaz's horror show, like horror podcast, and we'll we'll show you through some good <laughs> horror films, mate. There's so don't stuff. you fucking sit there watching The Conjuring. Um, my <laughs> underrated is going to please both of you because it is a film that I know that you both adore. It is criminally underrated. And when I say to people, "Have you seen this?" everyone always says no. Ghostbusters too. Um, and I'm like, really? You've not seen this? Um, and that is a film by a controversial man. Um, uh, he originally did Passion of the Christ, but then out of nowhere, he does a film called Apocalypto, yeah. um, which is one of the greatest films ever made. It's bizarre that people <laughs> haven't seen this film. It's, it's That's a big shout. Film. That's a big shout. It is an excellent film. Uh, John, do you think it's underrated? Do you think it's an underrated film? 100% um, it's underrated. It, it is, but I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. Um well, I'll tell you three three reasons why. Uh, no star actor. Um, it's not an English speaking film. Um, and Mel Sorry, Gibson. What's the dub? So so what's anything so anything with Mel Gibson. My nipples are so hard. Yeah, anything with Mel Gibson immediately is like, well, you know, he's a drunk and he doesn't like Jews, so let's squash him as much <laughs> as possible. Um, <laughs> Jesus. No, but. Well, and Jesus. Yeah. Um, no, he loves Jesus. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no, so, so we get it. Like, uh, uh, look, it's, um, no, it's, it's a it's a brilliant film. I wouldn't say it's one of the greatest films of all time. Like, come on. Nah, nah, that was exaggeration. I've had so much whiskey, but it's a very good film. And it annoys me when people haven't seen it. Um, if you haven't seen Apocalypto, maybe because of Mel Gibson and his weird, weird ways, um, please do check it out. I think... Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's send let's end the podcast on this, Len. What do you think of the Passion of the Christ? 
Uh, <laughs> um, I haven't finished it, mate. I will be honest with you. I've I've never fi- I've never finished it. Why? The film. Just boredom, or he he doesn't like three-hour movies unless they're. Sorry, I, I will be honest with you. I, 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 I just, just not my bag at all. But um, that's just me. You just know the ending, didn't you? So it's a bit like, yeah, no drama. <laughs> already knew the ending. Yeah. So no drama. Yeah. Um, and John is right. We do have to wrap this up because we have gone way over. You've got extra, you know, an extra twenty juicy minutes here. Um, and me and Gareth are both dead, and John's pissed at ten a.m. in the morning. So whichever way you look at it. It's been it's been a good time had by all and so many recommendations today. Squid Game, Midnight Mass, No Time to Die, maybe. Um, you know, you've also got sports documentaries, yeah, Untold. yeah, Untold, yeah. So some of can that. I, can um, I quickly blueberry? And, uh, um, no Time to Die. It's a yeah. free bloob, three out of five bloob. Okay, free a free bloob. Um, so so many recommendations. As I said, Eternals will be a standalone review. From us, uh, probably the Minutemen. Who knows? Maybe maybe Emma and Lucy will get involved as well. Um, and also, just to say, you know, if you haven't seen Apocalypto, check it out. And if you like The Conjuring, please check out some good horror films uh, and stop watching that absolute trash. <laughs> I want to say thank you to my fellow Minutemen, uh, Gareth and John. Thank you uh, for, for turning up today. Thank you for drinking whiskey, John. Thank you, Gareth, for... Uh, Staying awake. Battling, yep, yeah, battling sleep deprivation. And... Um, yeah, thank you to the listeners. Sorry we haven't been here for a few weeks. Sorry it's been a while since you've had 60 Minutes to Midnight, but the boys are well, back. Got extra, the are back. Got more. And now they've got extra. So it is what it is. Just trying but, to think uh, thanks, a, boys. Uh, calamari yeah, pun. pun. Yeah. Nothing, a good one, that. Nothing, uh, um, no. Next time. Battered it. Okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. I fried. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.